and Mrs. Boot would complain that something, a dead animal perhaps, was blocking the chimney. Eventually they would find her blackened body. Mary's breath came in ragged gasps, and she struggled to control her trembling, which for once wasn't from the cold or the threat of Mrs. Boot's switch. But turning back wasn't an option. For the first four years after the fire, she had lived at an orphanage for younger girls, where she had been kept warm and decently fed in the hope that one of the wealthy couples who sometimes came through would adopt her. But the few girls who were adopted were cheerful and eager to please. Even their straight, tightly braided hair seemed obedient. Mary had wild brown curls and clung to a battered copy of Grimm's fairy tales. She seemed too bookish, too sly. And here, among the older girls, there was no such hope. No one ever came to adopt. If the girls were lucky enough to survive the cold and the meager portions, Mrs. Boot might find them a job at a textile factory. But Mary wasn't going to be one of the lucky ones. Mrs. Boot had taken an instant disliking to her. Within weeks of arriving, Mary had realized that her only chance at a better life was to flee, preferably before winter. Counting silently to distract herself, Mary climbed farther up the flue. Her knees and elbows scraped against the blackened brick as she shoved herself upward. Once, a patch of hardened creosote gave way, and she nearly fell before catching herself by jamming her knees and elbows out to stop her. She was certain she was bleeding, but she dared not look. As the flue narrowed, her shoulder bag wedged against her. Her head began to feel thick and heavy from the smell of soot. How far, she wondered, could the chimney cap be? At just that moment, the crown of Mary's head smashed against something hard. She worked one arm up and felt a small steel square. She tried to shove it open, but it wouldn't give. Come on, she whispered. She banged on it with her fist. Her heart began to race as she realized that after all this way, she was locked in, trapped. In a moment of terror, she butted the cap with her head. It popped open. Mary stifled a cry of relief as cold, fresh air flooded her lungs. The moonlight was so bright it made her blink. She scrambled out of the chimney and gave herself a quick once-over. Her dress was torn at the elbows, and the exposed skin was scraped and bloody. She had left her coat behind, afraid she couldn't fit through the chimney with the extra layer of clothing. But now, shivering on the roof in the chilly October night, Mary regretted leaving it behind. Her knees, like her elbows, glistened darkly with blood where she had skinned them. Her hands and dress were blackened by soot, and she could feel a layer of it on her face as well. But this Mary did not mind. It would help camouflage her during the next dangerous step. She sprinted to the edge of the roof. A drain pipe ran down the side of the building right by Mrs. Boot's bedroom window. Mary quietly lowered herself until she was clinging to it with her hands and knees. The drain pipe creaked and her pulse quickened as she wondered if it would bear her weight. When the pipe didn't pull away, she took a breath and slowly, inch by inch, slid down it. Just before she reached Mrs. Boot's window, she stopped. The shade was drawn, and the light was off. As silently as possible, Mary slid past, allowing herself to pick up speed, until a few feet from the ground she let go and jumped. She landed cat-like on her feet.
Mary pressed herself flat against the wall of the orphanage, looking for lights or witnesses, but it was past midnight, and the normally busy city street was deserted. She looked up one last time at the Buffalo Asylum for Young Ladies to make sure all the windows were dark. Just then, a whistling, whirring sound filled the air. Mary swung around. Down the street, the wind was gathering into a funnel, swirling up leaves and bits of trash. Mary had spent her entire life in Buffalo. She knew the icy winds and the heavy autumn snows, but she had never seen anything like this. Her breath quickened, and she could feel the blood drain out of her fingers as she watched the funnel grow. When it was as tall as a two-story building, it began to blow toward her down the center of the street. She willed herself to run, but she was paralyzed, her legs frozen, and her eyes fixed on the advancing twister. There was something.